Often when we think about parents playing music for their very young children, lullabies come to mind. Also, there was a period some years ago when parents were encouraged to play Mozart for their little ones. Young Sasha had a papa who could certainly play a lullaby by George Gershwin. But maybe Sasha's favorite was hearing his father tell him an exciting story, a story in music. Number four by Chopin was said to have been inspired by a poem of the much-loved Polish writer Adam Mickiewicz about a father sending three brothers off to fight the enemy, but winding up with three wedding feasts instead. There's much discussion about whether there is any narrative at all in this ballad, but most agree that the work is brilliant and one of Chopin's best. Sasha Margolis was formed by the music he heard his father playing and the music his father taught him. And he certainly had talent to burn. He's gone on to play classical and improvised music all over the world. He is a violinist with the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic and the coordinator of the orchestra's chamber music series. This Thursday evening, violinist Sasha Margolis and lutenist guitarist Michael Leopold will present a wide-ranging program of Italian sonatas from the early 1600s, soulful songs and whirlwind dances from lost Jewish worlds of Eastern Europe, and a set of lovely and lively jazz pieces to round out the program. We had a chance to speak by phone with Sasha Margolis about his far-reaching musical interests and where his love of music began. I was actually born in Minneapolis, but I grew up from age four in Oberlin. My dad was a piano professor there for decades, and some of my earliest musical memories are of lying under the piano and hearing him play. So I've loved classical music from, from babyhood. But my dad is also a fantastic jazz piano, and I grew up loving jazz. And when I was a kid, something called the Klezmer Revival happened. The Klezmer Revival was the return to prominence of Jewish folk music, which had sort of been a thriving thing for centuries in Europe and had languished after the first couple decades of the 20th century. And then in the 1970s, for whatever reason, a lot of people got really interested in it again. And so 
we got a bunch of Fuzzmer records, and my dad started teaching my sister and me how to improvise. So those three things that are on our program, classical music and Jewish music and jazz, are all things I've loved since I was really pretty small, and I'm really excited to be able to put them all on one program. I'm sure we will be so grateful to have a chance to be up close and not have you off on some stage somewhere, because it sounds like everything that you'll be doing is just tailor-made for an intimate space. Yeah, this program is really designed for an intimate connection with the audience. The first set of pieces we'll be doing, the Baroque music from the really early 1600s, were written for pretty small spaces before there was really such a thing as a public concert. And they're, they're very intimate, but full of so much imagination. They're, they're not boring, relaxing <laughs> Baroque music, but they're full of fantasy and excitement. And I'm, I'm really excited to be doing them. Michael Leopold, who I'm playing this concert with, is really an expert at that intimate Baroque music. It's what he does for most of his performing year on the lute and the theorbo, which is a giant lute, which everybody at the concert is going to ask him about because it's such a beautiful, picturesque instrument. So that's really very intimate. For example, we think about some of the Renaissance pieces and the dance music. Is there a sense in those early Baroque works of any improvisation on the part of the musicians? Oh, for sure. There's a lot of improvisation of ornaments. There aren't extended improvisations like you might get in jazz, but just little trills and embellishments and leaning into slightly dangerous harmonies with some even more dangerous ornamentation. All of that, for sure, is a part of that tradition. When I say dangerous harmonies, what I really mean is this is, this is not Baroque music like Bach and Handel. This is really early and there's often a lot of ambiguity about whether you're in major or minor. And so it's almost, it's like halfway between Bach and the blues. So I, I think of those harmonies as a little dangerous. It's a wonderful term. We think about the Baroque, but there were those monster violinists, Corelli and Tartini and those folks who were really digging in, weren't they? Yeah, there was this incredible thriving tradition of amazing violinists who just came out of the out of nowhere as the violin started to be an instrument that people played. And there are so many really intriguing sonatas. These are just six or eight minute pieces that are called sonatas. And there was not really a line between a performer and a composer during that period. So all of these people who were performing violinists wrote a lot of their own music. And we're playing two of the really earliest pieces from that tradition. And then Michael is also playing a solo Orbo piece. And how do you two know each other? Well, he and I have both played for quite a while now in the orchestra of the Glimmerglass Festival in upstate New York, which is primarily an opera festival. But we've had a lot of chances to perform together there. And then for the past 13 years... We've had a Jewish music ensemble called Big Galoot, and he and I played probably 60 or 70 concerts together with that group. 
How then are you going to structure the performance? Going to start with the Baroque? Yeah, this is roughly in thirds. So the first third is Baroque, the middle third is Jewish, and the last third is jazz. Tell us now, is the Jewish music that you'll be playing composed music in the klezmer tradition? Yeah, we're playing we're playing three composed songs that were originally meant to be sung, all by one composer named Mordecai Gebirtig. And they don't sound composed exactly. People thought of them as folk songs instantly when they were written. They're they're very they're really beautiful, nostalgic pieces. And we do improvise on those pieces. Then we're doing a famous, or famous in its, in its own world, a famous piece from the Yiddish theater called Papi Rosen, which means cigarettes. It's, it's a song about, it's sort of like the little match girl. It's, it's the same kind of story. A little boy trying to survive on the streets of Warsaw by selling cigarettes. It's a really tragic, hopefully moving Song. We do a little improvising there as well. And then the third Jewish song, well, there's, or the fifth, I guess, really, because there are three Gebirtig songs. The third is one that I myself wrote. It's called Balachin Appalachian Scratchin. And it's sort of a what if song. What if there was, just like there's a great coal mining fiddling tradition in you know West Virginia and there's also a great fiddling tradition amongst or there was amongst the Jews and the Roma people of Romania what if there was a, a bluegrass loving coal mining Romanian tradition what if you mashed all that up that's, that's what that song is that song was actually featured three years running on the Hanukkah episode of performance today so it's possible that it'll sound familiar. And we do a little improvising there, too. It's the uh, fastest and, and funnest. <laughs> and jazz. Now, Michael's going to play jazz with you on the lute and the orbo? No, he will be on electric guitar at that point. <laughs> and he's playing a few different instruments in the course of the concert. So that'll be electric guitar. And I will do some singing and some playing, mostly playing. Speaking about improvisation, tell us about the jazz then. Where are you going to venture? Some of the great American songbook? What are you going to draw on? We picked four very contrasting tunes. We're starting with Autumn Leaves, which is one of the great French jazz songs. And then we're doing Mania de Carnaval, which is one of the first great Brazilian bossa nova tunes. And then we're doing a very special song by the pianist Horace Silver called Peace, P-E-A-C-E. -E. It's a really neat piece, no pun intended. Short, but full of incredible harmonies. It's, it's, it's really, really neat. And then we're finishing with a real up-tempo piece, It Could Happen to You, which I guess qualifies as American songbook. Since you've each have worked together so long, I'm sure that you're deeply attuned to each other. When you do improvise, no matter what the genre, you surely 
are able to do some wonderful things for us as listeners, but probably for yourselves, too. You surprise each other, don't you? We do, and I, I, I just trust Michael so much. It's, it's really a privilege to play with someone who you have complete trust in because it allows you to really communicate with each other and with the audience. Beyond the concert on February 1st, you are the music director of the entire Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic Chamber Series. Yeah, I'm the Chamber Music Coordinator is my title. I'm putting together all the programs. Can you give us a sense of what's ahead? Yeah, after the concert that I'll be playing with Michael comes a string trio concert and a huge variety on that, including some piazzola, the Primavera Porteña. The concert is right at the beginning of spring. So there's some piazzola to celebrate spring and music by Hans Krasa, who was a composer who died during the Holocaust. An unknown but incredibly delightful string trio by Leo Viner, who was nicknamed the Hungarian Mendelssohn. It's, it's really neglected, incredibly audience-friendly music. And then there's also some Schubert on there. And the season will finish with this gorgeously colorful concert for harp and flute and voice and viola. And there's a bunch of the great French composers, Debussy, Fauré, Ravel. And there's also a really, really neat song cycle by the American composer George Crumb on Spanish poems by Lorca. So I think... I think we've got a great season going. May I take you back to your program and Michael's program to the jazz section and ask you about Horace Silver's piece, Peace. Do you know, is there any sense of its being a plea for peace or an evocation of the sense of peace? How do you feel about the piece? Well, he actually wrote words, I think belatedly after he wrote the music. The lyrics go, there's a place that I know where the sycamores grow and daffodils have their fun, where the cares of the day seem to slowly fade away in the glow of the evening sun. Peace when the day is done. And then there's another great verse. If I go there real late, let my mind meditate on everything to be done. If I search deep inside, let my conscience be my guide, then the answers are sure to come. Don't have to worry, none. So it's definitely a more personal kind of piece. And the music is very contemplative. Violinist Sasha Margolis, who is with the Northeastern Pennsylvania Philharmonic and the coordinator of the orchestra's chamber music series, speaking about the remainder of the season and this Thursday evening's performance right here at the Public Media Center Violinist Sasha Margolis and lutenist and guitarist Michael Leopold will present a wide-ranging program featuring Italian sonatas from the early 1600s, songs and dances from lost Jewish worlds of Eastern Europe, and a lovely set of jazz pieces, including Horace Silver's P-E-A-C-E, to round out the program. We had a chance to speak by phone with Sasha Margolis about their program, the Margolis Leopold program, but he also filled us in on what's to come. For more information about this Thursday's performance at 7 o'clock here at the WVIA studios in Pittston, 
or any of the concert series, masterworks, or chamber, or outreach programs featuring the Philharmonic's players. It's N-E-P-A-P-H-I-L dot org. N-E-P-A-P-H-I-L dot org. That's violinist Sasha Margolis with lutenist and guitarist Michael Leopold here at the WVIA Public Media Center, 100 WVIA Way in Pittston, just between Wilkes-Barre and Scranton, this Thursday evening at 7. For tickets and more information on the web, N-E-P-A-P-H-I-L dot org, dot org. And there would be plenty of parking and a reception as well. It's N-E-P-A-P-H-I-L dot org.